Welcome to the People Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. Hi, thanks for joining us today. Super, super excited to have colleagues from Glint, which is now part of LinkedIn with me today, Amy Lavoy and Archana Ramesh. Archana, Amy, thanks for being here. Great to join you. Thanks so much for having us, Al. Now, you all have been part of Glint for a while and have done some amazing work that talks about the role of feedback. And it's all over the press. Everyone thinks, oh, we got to give feedback better. And there's a general consensus that it's not done really well. And you have a point of view on how data technology insight can facilitate these conversations better. So if you would introduce yourselves a bit and uh, let us know what's going on there at Glint. Great. So yes, um, I'm Amy Lavoy. I am a regional director on our people science team uh, here at Glint. Um, so just a little bit of background about myself and how I've kind of gotten gotten come to this uh, this place in this conversation today. Uh, so I spent many years working internally within HR um, in learning and development and also as an HR business partner, which I absolutely loved, but I kind of started to feel like I was spending an awful lot of time as a compliance officer. So, you know, I believed in the things that I was asking leaders to do, but I wanted them to just want to do it without having to, you know, hound and remind and threaten um, to, to get the right things done. A reasonable uh, expectation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so I, I, I um, after grad school, really found myself attracted to the world of employee surveys, you know, feeling like that is just such a, um, a powerful, uh, and really a fuel for HR functions to motivate leaders to do the right thing. And I will say that, you know, after um, many years kind of working in that space as an external consultant, I started to kind of feel a little disenfranchised again, because, um, you know, it felt like surveys were these powerful sources of information and, and motivation. But you know, you meet with a customer one year after the survey went out and ask how things were going and what's happened since. And they would often really have trouble articulating that anything had really changed um, since, you know, we last presented their results. Um, and you probably, you know, seen the research or heard the research that uh, 80% of leaders believe their engagement initiatives um, are not actually driving organizational outcomes. So that's when I discovered Glint, and it really felt like the missing piece that it, if we could, you know, make this great data easier for managers and leaders to get to and use and use quickly, that we could really maximize the impact that that people insights have on an organization. A noble pursuit, no doubt. And uh, it, and to your point, it, it's not easy when we talk about you know human behavior and, and trying to really get insight and appropriate uh, ideas on how to influence them in, in conscious ways. So, yep. uh, Arshana, how, how about you? How did you enter this field, and you know what's your role there, Glenn? Yeah, uh, so I'm Archana Ramesh, and I'm a senior people scientist over here at Glint. Um, and like Amy, I spent many years first working internally within organizations, doing things like HR business partner work, as well as doing talent management work. Done, actually, interestingly, I've done a lot of work all the way from 
thinking about org, org development in Russia to union avoidance in Florida. So kind of done the gamut of many different things in the HR space. Wow. Um, and what I found really compelling about Glint was actually, I was on the other side of the table evaluating ven- vendors um, as part of our uh, people listening strategy. And what I loved about Glint and instantly fell in love with was how they were bringing the science and the research to bear, but doing it in a very innovative way using technology um, to its fullest potential. Potential. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the, the the frontier that we need to really cross as a um, as a field, right? Within HR, how do we bring all the research and the decades of experience and expertise we have in this field, but do it in a simpler way through intuitive technology that's really smart? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, seeing that Glint had really kind of figured out how to do all of this well, I knew I needed to be part of the journey, and that's what brought me to. To this organization. Well, yeah, thanks for sharing. And, and for yeah, a bit of context, uh, I worked in the survey space uh, since the early 2000s. And yeah, at the time, and I'm not going to point to any vendors, but the there's a lot were still paper-based. Obviously, it was a different time. The uh, ability to be responsive was much slower than it is today, obviously. Fast forward, I despite being in the future of work, did not see the level of disruption happening in the survey space and thus action planning space um, that I now see. Uh, I'm not surprised in looking back, uh, but looking forward now, I'm even more excited about our ability, not only as organizations, but as managers and individuals uh, to learn appropriately and learn what actions are working and not working. And I know you there at Glint have spent a lot of time trying to solve this this problem. Because as you were saying, uh, Amy, that much of what has been done historically has been suboptimal at best. In some cases, it's been counterproductive. So uh, Amy, coming back to you, you, what's going on there at Glint? I know you have a lot of points of view and tools that support this uh, solution to this problem that we're identifying. So can you do what's going on? Yeah, it's a great question. And actually, I would say, you know, it's always been something that we you know, has kind of been at the center of what we're trying to do here is, you know, using people insights to fuel change and, and fuel organizational success. And um, we had this really interesting moment um, last fall. We have an annual summit where we bring in um, some of our top Glint customers and really let them kind of share and talk with each other about how they've solved problems. And there was this really interesting pattern that was surfacing. And you know, despite the amazing things that so many of our customers were doing with great technology, the, you know, the impact that they had had, the insights they had surfaced, there was still a lot of discussion about it's hard to get people to complete action plans. Um, And so, you know, they were struggling with managers aren't completing the plans. The managers who were completing the plans were starting to burn out because it took so much effort. And um, we also ask a question in our surveys, which is um, the wording is, I believe meaningful action will be taken as a result of this survey. And it consistently has a really high impact on engagement, um, and yet it's one of the lowest scoring items in our in our benchmark. And so it really that was just such an apparent need amongst our customers that even with great technology, we were still you know they were still needing support with uh, what I really think of as a mindset shift around the organization to kind of let go of some of the ways that we've 
approach this problem in the past and start to think about it in a new, lighter, and more integrated way. Um, so that's really what actually launched our research into why is the traditional form of action planning not working? What's mm -hmm. the real problem that we're trying to solve? And how do we enable managers, um, which is really where we believe is you know, the, the, the point of, of real change happens, um, how do we enable them to do it better um, without it being an HR compliance exercise, but with it really being, you know, kind of fueled by their own, um, their own needs and, and wants. Absolutely. Archana, I believe you have something to add to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So as, as Amy said, we really recognize that, recognize that there was a problem where a lot of the effort and energy and momentum around survey efforts is sort of uh, burnt at the front end of the process. So yeah. you really lose a lot of that momentum when it comes time to actually taking action based mm -hmm. on the feedback, which is actually where we have the biggest impact, as we know. Um, so being researchers, being true to our spirit, we, uh, as we started to think about this problem, took a step back to understand why is it that uh, so many organizations who are leading in so many different ways are still struggling to take action based on people's feedback. And what we found was a couple of things happening here. One is what we found is that ownership of taking action is very unclear. Mm -hmm. uh, even in, when we were researching this topic, we found that most often employees were associating action taking uh, based on feedback with senior leadership in HR. And we think part of that is because in many organizations, it's still not practice to have this data in the hands of managers to take action on. Um, so a lot of times employees feel that, you know, this is something that senior leaders or HR needs to own. Um, even in organizations where the feedback is put in the hands of managers, it's usually still a long lag time. So it's still yeah. weeks and months where HR and every level of leadership is digesting the information. So by the time it's put in the hands of managers, it's first of all, there's a lot of time has passed and other things have taken over. Um, but also it creates this sort of mindset that it's HR and leaders to own this data and to own the action versus for managers to feel empowered that this is their data to own and take action on. Um, so that was something that we were finding over and over again was part of the problem. Um, the other piece was that the process just doesn't feel simple. Mm -hmm. We see this a lot, right? Um, of course, at Glint, we believe that frequent feedback is really core to how you make people data part of the way you operate as a business. But we find that a lot of times uh, organizations come to us thinking, wow, we spend so much organizational energy around this once a year survey. How can we possibly do this more than once a year? Um, that's because a lot of these survey taking and action taking processes tend to be so cumbersome um, where there's just a big heavy lift and we haven't figured out yet how to make this feel simple and how to build habits around this. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things we, we say often is if you only do this once a year, you only have once a year to practice this. So how are yeah. you ever going to get better at it? Right. Um, and so how do we make this process simple? How do we make this continuous? How do we just make it part of the way that we do things so that uh, we really can build these muscles and these habits over time? Yeah, I, I absolutely love what you, 
you just shared. I got a chill. I'm so geeked out about it when you talk <laughs> about habit formation. And uh, I know Charles Duhigg uh, keynoted uh, your event last year, which, by the way, if you can have it in a more beautiful place this year, I would appreciate it. <laughs> For those who don't know, it was at the Monterey Bay Aquarium, one of the most beautiful places on the planet. So, uh, But just to pick up on this notion uh, of habit formation, and, and for me, there's a lot of talk around employee experience design, which is not exclusive of the experience of, of managers, and that's rooted in you know process. You know, How do managers engage with the data? How do they learn? How do they take appropriate action? And to facilitate that process or that mindset shift, uh, you will have uh, a, an approach that's captured in the acronym ACT. Uh, Amy, if I can toss it over to you, can you speak to that a bit? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that, as, as Archana was, was alluding to, that we found has kind of become a barrier to actually acting and changing as a result of feedback is that we've historically approached it as an event. So a survey is the event, and then we have all these things to do related to that big event. And what we realize we need to do is instead of focusing so much on, um, on this survey action plan, we need to focus on great conversations. Mm. Um, we, we think that if we can start to build a habit around great conversations that happen regularly between a manager and his or her team, that that essentially becomes a fuel for giving and receiving feedback, for collaborating on solutions, and for creating accountability on the, um, the thing that we've chosen to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, so imagine a new world where um, every month as a team, we've committed to talking about our people goals. Those conversations happen regardless of whether there was a survey. If there happens to be a survey, we get new data and new input to help us have that conversation in a better way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we've done is we've created a great conversation fra- framework that's survey agnostic and that really encourages deeper learning, deeper connection, and one small shift coming out of each conversation that we all as a team commit to doing together um, that we then check on in on in a few weeks to see how it's going. And we either keep doing it or we shift again. And that's really the way that work happens today. Um, you know, you try to create a plan and you get one weekend and the organization has changed and priorities change and the team changes. And so we really want to create this in a more agile way. And we think that at the heart of that is, um, is having great great conversations. Yeah, it's, it's so fantastic. I mean, I, I get like getting talking to you too about this uh, because there's so much literature out there uh, in psychology, for example. And I think about the book Nudge, right? Where mm-hmm. it's just an incremental you know, change that can deliver you know big results. And so there's this convergent individual and organizational psychology, technology, digitization, um, and frankly, the way people are working that is enabling these new insights to be generated, yet not we don't have the kind of uh, inertia to really leverage these insights. And so that's what I hear you all doing is providing that framework, providing that mental model. The thing that is absolutely necessary, and I know you'll agree with this, and Archana, I'm going to kick this over to you. Uh, to have great conversations, you need psychological safety. You, you need to feel that you know, the insights and feedback that you're providing are, are going to be held in, in a high trust you know, and a positive way. Uh, so Archana, can you, can you speak to that and how you address that? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, when we thought about and, and kind of had this aha moment of how we shift the focus around action taking from spending 80% of our energy on coming up with this really big, cumbersome action plan to how we spend 80% of our effort on ongoing conversations that fuel this, we realized that conversations um, obviously need to be very intentional about what we're trying to solve for and what we're going to do about as a team. But it has some really powerful effects that are even unintended consequences. And one of those is that it really helps build trust on teams. It really creates that forum for increasing psychological safety. What we mean by that is, um, so as part of these conversations, we really encourage a manager to come in and say, okay, so we just had a, um, a gloat survey uh, it was completed and results that came out. Here's a couple of things that I took away from this, uh, from the feedback. What do you guys think? Am I, am I understanding this right? What are we doing really well as a team? What is it that we need to focus on improving as a team? Um, and then, so that's right after a survey uh, comes out. But then, as Amy mentioned, this is not dependent on a new survey coming out, right? This is something that you can check in on regularly. And what we really encourage as part of these check-in conversations is to be really open about successes that we've had, but also things that uh, maybe didn't go as planned and challenges that we faced um, and really having this be an opportunity for continuous learning and shifting rather than feeling like we have to come up with a perfect plan that we need to execute on. And so having managers uh, really role model this, but then having members of the team use this as an opportunity to share learnings, talk about what's uh, working well, what's getting in their way of improving outcomes, really fosters greater trust and connection on the team and creates better psychological safety to have the conversations that matter, but we might not be comfortable having. Um, so that's really at the heart of this. And uh, we know that conversations that are based on feedback are hard to have for many different reasons, right? So as human beings, of course, we tend to avoid difficult conversations for a lot of reasons. But the more we do this, again, this goes back to the idea of building habits. The more we do this, the better we get at it, the more trust we create on teams to really uh, feel like they're in the together and that they can solve and really improve outcomes for their team together. Amy, you want to add to that? Yeah, I was just going to say two additional things. Um, our founders, uh, Jim and Gotham, you know, have always said that while we are a, you know, a data and technology company, ultimately what we're trying to do is use data to have more meaningful better quality, and hopefully more frequent conversations. And so in some ways, the data is also serving as a way of creating psychological safety for the employees and for the manager. You know, you have this forum, this confidential forum to provide feedback. If you tried to have that conversation absence of data in a team that, um, that had not established a psychological safety, it would be really, really hard. But you get your survey results, you realize that there is there are themes and patterns that a lot of us are feeling, and it kind of breaks down some of the, um, some of the walls and some of the hierarchy associated with it, and it becomes more of, okay, we have this data that's says we have an issue with, for example, um, you know, how we collaborate or how well we, we trust each other. And mm -hmm. it gives a forum, kind of opens the door to difficult conversations. So that's really the point of the data. And, and actually, we found we did user interviews with managers to really, you know, kind of watch how they interact with data, watch what they do with the process and, and interview them on how they use it. And a consistent theme is that managers say they find the most value from the conversation. You know, the data tells them where to start 
but the conversation is when it really comes to life. And again, once it becomes everybody's problem, because we're collaborating on what we prioritize, collaborating on what the challenges are, and all committing to um, a solution, that's really when the magic happens. Yeah, and as you're sharing this, I'm reflecting on the transformation Microsoft has gone through over the last uh, several years with leveraging a growth mindset. And it is based on this insatiable curiosity and willingness to learn. And historically, I think managers have been put in a difficult place where I have to manage people. I almost have to have an omniscient wisdom over what this individual's experience was. And that's not ever the case. So what do I, as a manager, have to do? I have to stay in curiosity and compassion and allow, create that safe place for that person to express what was going on. I can then learn, coach, advise, resource, you know, whatever, you know, the case may be. So if someone's listening to us right now, they're saying, well, they're talking about talent management. They're talking about culture or they're, you know, but the data are very important or critical. Amy, you just uh, alluded to this. And many organizations are implementing technologies and they're expecting insights to just come and changes to just to come. But it, it takes work. It takes process. It takes some forethought and to almost be cliche, beginning with the end in mind. What is the experience of manager? What is the experience of the employees that you want? And then enabling the data to be created that in turn facilitate these you know, better conversations that you're, you're talking to. So my point of question is, how does Glint generate the data? What is that data? What does it look like? Uh, can you either of you speak to that? Yeah, let me let me jump in here. So part of the thing that we think is really critical to this mindset of ongoing and continuous improvement and shifting through continuous conversation is making sure we're being very focused in what we're solving for. Mm. Uh, we see this happen a lot. Uh, so you get survey feedback. Uh, there's lots of things that are surfaced that could be potential for improvement. And then we come up with a list of 10 different things that we need to solve for, get Tiger teams put together and uh, launch this sort of massive effort around solving for all of these different things. Mm-hmm. What we find is, of course, we'd be lucky if a few months later we've uh, done any one or two of these things successfully, right? And so we do believe that focus is really critical. And mm-hmm. that's where we can really allow technology to do most of the work for us. So rather than spending hours and weeks getting into the data, you know, slicing and dicing it in every single way and reading through every single comment, why not let artificial intelligence, machine learning surface the insights for us so that we're taking the guesswork out of what what is it that we need to focus on improving? So let technology do that front end work. And then you then do the work of making sure that you're having these continuous conversations in a meaningful way. And Al, the thing that you pointed out about the role of the manager, that's so critical to this, right? It's not the role of the manager to fix engagement for their team. The role of the manager is to really hold a space for these continuous conversations and absolutely to role model the behavior that they're expecting the rest of the team to engage in. Um, so when we when we shift that mindset around what is it that managers really need to do here, I think it also creates a little bit less burden on managers to feel like they need to, they need to be the ones to fix the problems um, and more so to how do I hold a space for, for the team to collaborate on doing this in a very focused way. Yeah, thank you for saying that. And again, I'm geeked out about this way too much because I'm literally getting chills talking to you too. Amy, you wanted to add to that as well? 
Yeah. So, um, you know, this has kind of been an obsession of ours kind of from the beginning of our journey is how do we make it easier for managers to get insights through the technology quickly? You know, mm-hmm. so that again, to Archana's, you know, such well-stated point, they're moving very quickly from insights to the actual, the good stuff where the, where the change starts happening. And so we have a couple of different reports that Archana was alluding to that help to do this. We use some advanced analyses related to impact to um, very quickly show managers um, what their strengths are and what their opportunities are. And sometimes opportunities might be something that you're doing well that's just so important to engagement that you need to build on it. So really, you know, not necessarily that it's, um, it's, it's all built on, on deficits. We also have uh, just rolled out what we call manager concierge, which is essentially kind of a a wizard who is going to walk the manager through how to interpret their data, um, what to focus on, what things mean, and ultimately working towards getting them ready for the conversation. And then a third thing I would I would point out, and there's a lot more, so Arjun, feel free to chime in if I miss anything, is that very quickly, as soon as we, as soon as the technology is offering manager what what we think is the biggest opportunity for them based on on the algorithms and artificial intelligence, they can very quickly click on ideas for how to improve that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these action resources that are really focused on um, on quick changes that that um, that they can make alongside their team. Um, really get them to quickly, instead of kind of getting into analysis paralysis, which is always very easy to do when you have survey data, um, we're really trying to use the technology to guide them quickly to, now, what should I do? I think it's very well stated. The other thing that, of course, uh, you know, I know we've been on this podcast before to talk about is the power of using narrative intelligence and qualitative feedback to round out your understanding of the key issues, which is where, again, making sure that we've built the intelligence into the platform so that it's surfacing key themes and key insights and sentiment from the qualitative data so that a manager can understand, well, if I'm, if an opportunity area for us to focus on is empowerment, what does this look and feel like, right? What are people saying about empowerment? Um, So really allowing for that greater understanding so that they can go into that next conversation, uh, having a much more informed um, view on what the issues are, and then use that to propel the conversation forward. Uh, Yeah, love it. And just to recap then, you all at Glant are bringing not only your thought leadership, but your years of data science and IO psychology into the fore in, in crafting the data that in turn gets analyzed, that shed insight, that in turn facilitates appropriate action. Would that be a fair through line there? Absolutely. And I would just say, and then it fuels that uh, appropriate action through the conversations that are being had um, as using this data, right? Um, and so I know you alluded to this earlier, um, Al, but what that's some of the work that we've been doing recently is coming up with a really simple framework for how managers can have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you mentioned it spells ACT. So acknowledge where we are, collaborate on where we want to go, and take one step forward. Um, so that's the framework that we've developed. And we have simple conversation prompts that a team, a manager can use to practice how to have this conversation really well. And hopefully with repetition, just it becomes just part of the way that we do things. And action taking happens as a result of these continuous check-ins because we're making progress and we know what we're making progress towards. Yeah, again, I, I celebrate what you all are doing individually as, as you know, researchers and, and uh, as a firm. And yeah, as we start to wrap up, I've long talked about this and, and written about it because I'm very passionate about it, uh, particularly as a father, uh, not only in my role as a professional. 
is that it's my belief that we as humans after the basics want to be seen, we want to be heard, and we want to be empowered. Uh, rarely do you want to be told what to do. Certainly we don't want to be ignored or invisible. So what I'm hearing is that you're offering that. You're offering a way that people can be seen, heard, and not necessarily told what to do, but offered ideas in some cases in an automated way of how they can improve their effectiveness as a manager, potentially as an individual and so forth. You know, again, is that a fair recap? Yeah, I think that's so beautifully said. And, and you know, it's sometimes we have to kind of step back and, uh, and reflect on how so many of the things that we're trying to do just come down to really basic human needs. And I think we are at our best and Glint is at our best um, when we kind of get our HR programs and systems out of the way and help to facilitate that human connection um, and to really, you know, unlock the power of all of the people that we've invested in and hired in organizations because there's just so much power and so much magic at that team level. Um, so that's really ultimately what we're trying to create here is, is good fuel um, for a great, great conversation and great organizational improvements. I like that notion of fuel. <laughs> that's good stuff. Artana, uh, any closing comments as we start to wrap? Just that it's been really, really fun to actually kind of understand how to solve for this, right? Um, how do we solve for action taking in organizations? Um, and to Amy's point, really uh, coming up with this idea that conversations are the fuel for ongoing action and ongoing success for organizations. And so how do we help managers and teams have ongoing conversations in a very simple, easy to learn way so they can build habits, build the muscle, um, and just, again, make it part of the way that we do things. Fantastic. Amy, closing thoughts? No, I will just say that we have been sharing this with our customers. As I said, they've been asking for um, support on this area and we just have gotten such an overwhelming response back of, about the excitement of, of this kind of this shift and really being able to, to bring the technology to life and help give managers tools to do this even better. So we are really excited to get this out there and start to see how organizations respond um, and continue to get better at this. You have every reason to be excited, uh, as does your community. So how can people learn more and, and get in touch with you? We have lots of resources and information. We've already um, published some blog posts about this on our website at glintinc.com. Um, and also feel free to connect with uh, with me or with Archana on LinkedIn, Amy Lavoy or Archana Ramesh. And we'd be happy to, to share more information with you and continue this dialogue. Again, you too rock and your, huh? your firm is doing great things and uh, celebrate what you do and uh, you wishing you all the best and see you soon. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for having us all. all right. Thank you all. Thanks for joining the People Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. To find other podcasts, videos, upcoming events, and to join the Global People Analytics Network, please visit us at globalpeopleanalytics.net.